0: Friends, family, and loved ones, I bet you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift yet, now have you? Not to fear, the leaders in Below the Waist Grooming are here, and I'm talking about my friends at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with a total package for the father figure in your life this year. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with the code Bubba at Manscaped.com. Let's start with the ultimate Father's Day MVP, the Performance Package 4.0. In this package, you're going to find the signature your lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, brand new Weed Whacker 2.0, ear and nose trimmer, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all the goodies. And you can't forget my favorite. It's the moneymaker. Manscaped has changed the game with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit for fathers all around the world. If his grooming routine is already dialed in, make sure you hook him up with Manscaped Boxers 2.0. These are without a doubt the best boxers for men all ages. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com, promo code, Bubba. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Promo Bubba. Make this Father's Day one he won't forget with Manscaped.
1: Hello. Welcome to the party. Oh, shit. Didn't mean to do that. I'm rusty. Welcome to the Ana Hummel Show. We're getting started. About right on time. Not too late. If you'd like to call in, I probably won't take it. 81390 Bubba. Just kidding. I'll take it, but I'll make you I'll make you wait an hour and twenty minutes. Sorry, Dave the Plumber. I did feel bad about that. But also, you know, you feel free to just hang up. You don't have to stay on hold. But I won't keep you on hold because that wastes money, I learned. That wastes money. 81390 Bubba, if you'd like to call into the show and talk to me. Cause I'm just going to be talking to myself for the next hour. I always say I'm gonna do an hour and then I do like fucking two hours. But I was having so much fun uh listening to me um uh talk to myself. I feel like it's a little, a little droopy right now. Um, Lots of things going on. Did not feel great yesterday, and Babyface had convinced me that I had strep throat, even though I had no pain in my throat. Uh, went home, felt like absolute garbage, total garbage. Uh, had to cancel a lunch with a friend. Um, was Came out from Sarasota to do some shit, and I was like, listen, I feel like a uh, booty. So, and he, he always... I always feel like it sounds like I'm lying when I say that I'm sick because um, I'm rarely sick, A. And B, it just sounds like you don't want to do whatever you have to do. You just say, I'm sick. And I really did want to go to lunch with my friend and Blitz was going to come too. It was going to be a little bit of a party deal. And I just said, "I, I fucking cannot hang. So I went home and ate and fell asleep on the couch for almost four hours, I just felt run down. I felt run down. And, you know, the, the days of me trying to— I don't know if this is an age thing or this is a uh, a new mindset thing or maybe a combination of both. I used to be, like, kind of like David Goggins a little bit. A little bit. Not, like, full-blown, like, running 100 miles on broken shins with shin splints. Not like that. But I used to be, like, don't be a little bitch. I know you guys think I'm soft, and I am soft compared to the other people on the show. But I used to push through a lot of things. I'm a pretty disciplined person. And now I'm like, what am I trying to prove? I feel like shit. And the more you s- spend time with your body, the more you kind of, like Bubba talks about this, the more you know just the ins and outs of, you know, how it moves, how it functions. And I'm very much aware of the difference between me not wanting to do something because I'm being lazy versus, uh, like, me on the precipice of getting sick. And I go, my body is telling me to slow the F down, sit the F down, and go to bed. So that is what I did. I fell asleep on the couch for, like, four hours. Woke up, it was, like, 8.30. And you're like, oh, no. How am I going to get back to sleep? And then, you know, you just have to, maybe I did the little lady in the tramp deal with my man and a zany bar. you know what I'm saying, and boom, back asleep, woke up, feeling good, feeling refreshed, feeling better, and that is, I feel like that is, that's the smarter approach. I used to, there were many times where I would not listen to my body and be like, just push through, do the workout, stay up late, go to whatever. I used to do yoga, I used to do uh, Muay Thai back in the day, not for very long. And I remember one time I pushed myself to do a Muay Thai class, and, and I was not feeling it. Had a horrible class, went home, and what would have just been me taking a day off ended up me being sick for a week. I fucked myself really bad. And I I mean, really bad. I was like I was like in a bed for a week, really trying to fight shit off. So uh, as much as I encourage you to move your body, I encourage you more to know your body and kind of know when you're being a lazy motherfucker and when your body is trying to speak to you you know i'm not a, a religious person i wouldn't even say i'm i don't what i consider myself spiritual i'm spiritual in a in a, like a, in a secular kind of way i'm not i'm not like a um i'm not like i believe in the the will of the universe and all that sort of shit you won't hear me talk about stuff like that or astrology but i do i i do think that there is a like an emotional kind of spiritual side where you just you got to be more intuitive you got to listen and sometimes your body is telling you please stop we're trying to fight we're trying to find something off here and what i learned recently with um viruses let's say specifically like the flu or covid there's nothing I didn't put those on hold, by the way. Somebody else did. Uh, just letting you know, there are there are phone calls on hold. I did not put them. I don't think I did. Did I touch the the phones? I don't know. And I know that that's wasting money. So you're, I think my hands have been on on camera the whole time. Um, but I do know that there is a, uh, a a spiritual component, an emotional component that needs to be um, actualized and recognized. So I try to uh, listen to the body when it speaks to me. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Um, COVID, the flu. When, when, you, when your muscles are like really achy during that and when you have brain fog, I, I, apparently I've learned that that has nothing to do with the actual virus. It has nothing to do with the virus that has entered your body. It's your own immune system. That is making you feel achy, making giving you brain fog because it's trying to gather the troops and all those resources and go attack the pathogen, the parasite, whatever, the foreign agent that's entered your body that is trying to fight off. Um, that's that's why it's, it's, it's purposely shutting you down because it's taking a lot more resources to go fight whatever it's got to fight to preserve your body. So uh, now I kind of I look at it a different way. I go, what is my body trying to tell me? I feel like shit. I'm really achy. I did work out the day before, so I'm like, am I just sore? But this feels different. So I'm like, I try to really, like, listen when the body's trying to talk to me. So I guess in that way I can get a little spiritual. I get spiritual when it comes to, um, you know, just trying to satisfy the... The emotional side of of every human being, the the need to feel connected, and you don't necessarily need, at least in my opinion, you don't need God for that, you don't need a church for that, but you do need to find those aspects somewhere. Otherwise, the the brain goes haywire. And I know the the theme of the show the last few weeks has been to um, to kind of honor and respect that ans- that ancestral body, that ancestral brain, whether it be like I said, getting. Daylight, getting your steps in, eating right, fasting, uh, getting sleep, and then of course connecting to to your community, connecting to the people around you, so that you feel like you a belong and b matter. Those two things are very important to the human brain, and w- and when you don't have those things, you don't tend to live as long or very long. If you don't feel connected and you don't feel like you belong, and sometimes. Uh, when things are really bad, instead of just letting yourself kind of lie by the wayside and, and lead a depressed life, which is the better case, sometimes you pick up an AR and you start, you know, showing people who's boss, which I do not recommend. That's when the brain goes real wire. So anyways, eight one three ninety, Bubba, We'll take a few calls. Hello, who's this? Welcome to the show. Hi, i ah! Mark the Frog. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That was my fault. Uh, yes, Mark the Frog. How are you doing?
2: Good. I started intermittent fasting again because I did it five years ago. Oh yeah. So I Started to do it Monday. Why did you again. quit? I don't know. Got back into the bad the whole bad habits.
1: You know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I lost okay. eighty pounds. I lost eighty pounds in like four 80 months. Eighty pounds in four months? I'm trying to find the chat, yep. guys. Go ahead. Uh, how did? And you did that just solely by intermittent fasting?
2: And stop eating junk food. I.
1: Mostly yes. Fruits
2: and vegetables.
1: Okay. That's fantastic. That's uh that's a big component oh. of yes, not eating processed shit, which isn't even really food. Uh oh. it's what it's what the people like to call Franken foods. It's it's not real, you shouldn't be eating so, it. Oh, here we go.
2: Chip. So I'm big on the fruits and vegetables pretty much all week. No dairies, no 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 pasta, no bread, you know.
1: Good, good, excellent. And um and so, what else can you tell me? Yeah.
2: Well, I've been 12 days in the truck, and I'm finally going home. Uh, I live 35 minutes from Montreal, so I'll be home in half an hour.
1: Oh, fantastic. Okay, how are you uh, surviving the the smoke?
2: Exactly. I was there on the weekend, on Saturday morning last weekend. Yeah. The the cops and firemen had to escort me to the lobster plant because uh, to evacuate the lobsters, uh, they were out of power, Mm -hmm. so I had to go in the fire zone. With an escort.
1: Oh my god, that's crazy.
2: It was pretty, yeah. It was pretty sketchy.
1: Okay, well, I'm glad you're okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, so five thousand miles in like twelve days.
1: That's incredible. Well, thank you for calling in. Uh, I'm glad you lost eighty pounds, intermittent fasting, and cutting out processed shit. And uh, it sounds like you're killing it. Sounds like everything's uh doing great.
2: I think it's mostly diet. It's mostly all the, the processed food is what it is, right?
1: Yeah, I think if you if you cut out processed food, that that's pretty much that's key. That's probably the first thing that you need to do. But again, I'll be screaming this till uh, the cows come home. I don't I don't know if anybody's going to listen to me. But I'm just I'm trying to make a difference in 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 some regard in people's lives because my favorite thing about this is that it's not complicated. I'm it, the no. more I learn, the realize I realize how simple it is. But there's just so many things especially people that don't know very much. They're very confused as to how to even get started. And I'm telling you that what they should do is just listen to me because I'm always right.
2: Yeah, you are. uh, It takes willpower. It takes willpower.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does take willpower. It does. Mark, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Stay safe out there. Okay, friend. Have a great weekend. All right. You as well. Thank you. Hello. Who's this?
3: Hey, it's Willie. How you doing, Honor? It's Willie? Willie from New York. Yeah, okay. I talked a couple weeks ago to you. I got two things I wanted to hit with you. Yeah. Uh, two important things. So the first thing was we talked about Project Pegasus. And I know with you being from the Israelis and, oh, with, that's right. uh, you know, the sanctimonious, the, uh, you know, God, the, uh, you know, uh, the Torah, blah, blah, blah uh, yo, yo, just fire, Juju Bajaros, you know the Israel stuff. So I was trying to I was trying to think about uh if you knew about the project Pegasus and about the Israeli uh how they turned it into oh also did you know Mr. Frog? He was on Clyde Lewis with Ground Zero. It's a night show from ten to one, and he was talking about aliens, interdimensional beings. That guy gets around. And he was on uh, Leo Laporte's Twitch show asking about computers. So that dude is a computer show. Okay. And Mark DeFroff is over on there. He needs help with the, I don't know, GPS or something with a computer for the truck. But uh, you get back to Project Pegasus, Anna. I know you do great on the you know when you're talking on the show, but I wanted to talk to you about that. Because about, you know what they term Project Pegasus. Have you heard about that?
1: No, I haven't. I do remember you uh, calling in to want to talk about it, and then I forgot to look it up. So I don't know if it's a thing. Um,
3: so it, it's a real thing. And so Israel, they weren't allowed. They, they they wanted during Obama era, they wanted to go and bomb the nuclear facility in Iran. And they had it all planned out. That's actually what the Top Gun, new Top Gun Maverick movie is all about. Them going and blowing up one of the nuclear facilities. Well, Obama said no. So what they did was they created this super spyware. Have you ever heard of spyware? Uh, yeah. Okay. So literally what this thing can do, and what they did, they made it to infiltrate the Iran's nuclear facility and take out their central fuses. So they made this, it's a virus. They made this super fucking virus. And and it's so good. This is how good it is. All they need is a number. You don't got to click nothing. You don't got to do nothing. That's how they got Khashoggi. They uh, Jeff Bezos with Pegasus Pegasus, because they're selling it now. When Israel sent it to them and they blew up their centrifuges and they were playing songs and made all their speakers and their loud horns go off in their songs and it blew up their centrifuges, it set them back two to three years. They went into their systems and they found that super virus spiral and now they're selling it for five ten ten million dollars a copy and so saudi arabia's got a hold of it from yeah. somebody else and and so and when these countries get a hold of that i mean yeah i mean yeah it takes a lot of money but if you got five or ten million dollars you can get that and you can hack anything anyone an iphone uh, uh android windows Linux, it can get into anything. It's like the super thing up. And all you need is, is one connection. They don't need, you don't got to click nothing, open an email, anything. And it's, and it's, and it's wild because it's out. And that's how they're getting all these journalists. And so okay. that's why people on the tour. And, and you being from Israel is something important because, you know, Jabba Jududa, you know, the fatherland. Uh, the next thing I wanted to get at, you know, a lot of people hate on you, you know, cause it's hard sometimes to like you, but I found one lovable thing cause when you Just go. One. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I just get all gillied up. Swallow so What? So
1: love I love you, Anna. Swallow so Okay. Oh, sw- oh the swallow it. Thank you for calling in. Uh, A1390, bubble. Wow, that was a lot. I hope that's not what I sound like to you guys because like, I clearly like the sound of his own voice. But uh, everyone does. So I understand it. I get it. Um, I embrace it. Uh, happy belated birthday to my father, to my dad. Uh, Yesterday was his birthday. Um, He was having just, you know, just a grand old time being his vegan self, just having having fun. He's going on a trip soon. And dad, if you're listening, I love you. And thank you for um, thank you for everything. Uh, I know people give me and my upbringing a, a bunch of heat because they think I was. Here's the thing. I wasn't spoiled. I was coddled. I was coddled. And I don't even want to say I was sheltered because it's not that I didn't know about like sex or stuff like that. And it's not that I was spoiled given a, you know, brand new car when I turned 16 or anything like that either. It was more of this just we'll do it for you mentality. I was very coddled as a kid. But, you know, when you think about all the ways you can fuck somebody up as a child, then obviously that child turns into an adult. That's pretty much the best one that you can have is that you were just over coddled versus the reverse. Like no one. I wasn't neglected. Uh, Dad wasn't an alcoholic. Nobody had a gambling problem. My parents stayed together during, you know, it, it seemed like everything was fine during my upbringing. I was involved in activities. I had friends. I always say, you know, sometimes, of course, parents can get a little too involved in their children's lives, no doubt, or coddle them a little too much, but better too many eyes on a kid than than too few eyes on a kid. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of ways to, to fuck kids up, and no one's going to have a perfect upbringing because no parent is perfect. No parent is going to be the, the the perfect parent, and to be honest with you, sometimes you want someone to fuck you up a little bit because that gives you character, no one who's really funny, who was, uh, oh, hello, Brian from Philly, twenty dollars. Uh, God bless. That's from Brian from Philly. That's not; those are not my words. Um, but thank you, Brian. Let me give you a little, a little love right there. Uh, yeah, there are uh, a lot of ways to to fuck kids up, and I think that, like I said, too many eyes on the kid. Fine, of course, that can make. But we want to, we want to fuck up our kids just a little bit so that they can have a good sense of humor so that they could be uh so that they can build character because that's really how you build character is through adversity. You know, you think about the great comedians, not Jerry Seinfeld because he seemed to have like a picturesque upbringing and all that. But most people they were fucked up, you know. Some of the greatest comedians of all time were were addicts. Um Greg Giraldo had a problem with alcohol and other things. Uh, Mitch Hedberg, which who I don't think was the greatest or even close to the greatest of all time. But people love that guy. And that guy had a problem with drugs already laying. You, know, you think about all these people who had issues, who were hilarious. A lot of the Chris Farley, a lot of them had some inner demons, but they were funny. They were good. Um, So it's important to to understand that no parent is perfect and no one's going to have the, the perfect upbringing and raise the perfect child and yada, yada, yada. So um, I'm glad that, you know, thank you, dad, for for coddling me. Maybe a few chores probably would have been. But it, they were lessons I ended up learning, but maybe a little bit too late, I would say. Just a little bit too late. It 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 stifled and what's the word? Stunted my like independence, I would say, because I was so reliant on people because I didn't know how to do anything for myself. But again, it all worked out. It, it took a few people in college to kind of shake me by the collar and go you don't do anything why are you so lazy and it was laziness but more it was just kind of like this this blindness where I just we would have a chore chart and I just like wouldn't do them like but I just why why do I have to do them I've never done them before my mom doesn't make me do chores why should you make me do chores that doesn't really add up but we figured it out we're all good 813 90 bubba feel free to call in hello who's this (laughs)
4: <laughs> I'm going to stick to fucking sniping people.
1: What's up, Florida Stanley? How are you?
4: Yeah, let me take you off Bluetooth. Hold on.
1: Yeah, sure I appreciate
4: it. I want to tell you the backstory of, like, this whole fucking thing. Hold on. Uh, hand in a car I'm not used to. Are you there? Yes. Okay. Um. So what day was the 31st? That was Wednesday, wasn't it?
1: It was Wednesday, yes.
4: Yeah, so that's when Trapper Keeper Caper happened was that day.
1: Trapper Keeper Caper, listening- Yes.
4: Yeah, it happened at 6.30 in the morning. By 8 a.m., I had those lyrics wrote and emailed to John from Naples. Mm. And um, I've written a couple parodies. He, he hasn't gotten around to them. Most of them, he says the lyrics are pretty good on them. He just hasn't had time. So I email him the lyrics. I text him, and I say, hey, check your email. Um, I got Trapper Keeper Caper written already. And he goes, what? And I'm like, yeah. So he emails me back and he was like, yo, this is pretty good. Uh, let me see what I can do over the weekend. I said, okay. So then he texts me Friday and he says, hey, we got family coming into town. Uh, I may not be able to get to it, um, but um, uh, maybe Monday or Tuesday. I say, okay, well, let me know because I might throw something together. Clearly, I am not a parody singer. I'm <laughs> No, you're
1: just, a, you're just a ghostwriter. <laughs>
4: Uh, so I, um, so Sunday night rolls around, I said, Hey, were you able to sit down and do anything? He goes, no, sorry. I'm like, all right, well, I'm drunk, but I'm going to try and make something up here. Uh, and then, so the next day he goes, yo, don't email Lummy yet. It was Monday. Monday, dude, this week, Monday. He goes, let me sit down Monday and Tuesday and I'll make something. And then we'll send it in and it'll be on on by Friday. I said, okay. So Tuesday night rolls around and he's got nothing. He texts me. He's like, dude, I just really haven't had time. I'm like, fuck, I'm drunk again. All right, now I'm going to make something. I threw that together in 20 minutes.
1: (laughs) Oh, dang. Okay. (laughs) Well, it sounded like you spent just about 20 (laughs) minutes on it. So. I loved it, because I think when things are, like, so bad, they, you know, they creep over to the other side of being good, because it just, it was so unbelievably bad.
4: Well, and so I was, I was looking at the chat, and everybody was like, oh, you should have talked to Darkman Steve. Like, I don't have Darkman Steve's information, I only have John's information. So I mean, I would have I would have hit him up if because you know John was saying that he didn't have time he didn't have time which is fine I mean I get it like your you, people have lives but if I would have had Dark Match C's information I would have emailed it to him mm. and see what he thought about it um, but uh, I'm surprised it didn't play back to back because John from Naples did make a little something something last night and emailed it and let me has it
1: mm, okay so we'll probably be hearing that on uh on Monday Monday.
4: Monday yeah let me I'm. Um, i'm I'm actually I'm, I'm surprised they didn't play it back to back, but uh yeah, John, well, John a, you, know, you know you
1: know how it is during the show. there's a lot going on at any given moment, whether it be you know uh, electronics failing, something falling apart, something needs to be rewired, some sort of heat drama, Bubba getting blown yeah. up text, Romina, there's so many moving parts <laughs> during the show. That you know something that's hot in the six o'clock hour can easily fall off by eight a.m. So
4: yeah, you got to be easy. Don't be pissing off the Diacos. Come on, man.
1: I know, I know, and it was some, it was some light heat. And I talked to Jay after the show. I'm like, you know, it's all good, right? Like we're we're good, right? Yeah, I definitely, I certainly do not want to uh, piss off the Diacos. They're they're very much like the Kennedys of the Tampa Bay area, and you know. they wield a lot of power, and not not only that. I do I do like the Diakos. They're very nice to me. They invite me to do stuff. Their their wives are always very welcoming. I've I've really not had an issue with any of them personally. Um, but also, you know, I feel like if they wanted to blow in a call and say, hey, uh, you know, can we we need a hitman on this one chick? I I feel like I'd be dead in about an hour. So yeah. I just I need to kind of watch my back. And you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of heat to be had when it comes to things. And I feel like not capping your drink is is pretty, you know. Low grade heat.
4: Yeah. Um, also, last thing before I get off the phone, um, I did ask Lummy to to ask uh, Bubba, uh, do, I, which chat do you watch when 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 the show is going on?
1: Uh, either YouTube or Rumble. It was Rumble, okay, but then so, that was kind of glitchy, so I moved to YouTube.
4: Yeah, I was on YouTube, and I know Lummy saw my my question because I, I did it during a during a super chat. Um, that he just I asked him about DJ HumSauce if he could ask Bubba, and he didn't do it, so maybe I'll try again on Monday.
1: Uh, what Although, about DJ HumSauce? This is DJ HumSauce. You're speaking to DJ HumSauce. No, 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 no,
4: like coming to 199 Oh,
1: oh, 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 okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that that should be a problem, but also don't take my word for it because Lummi's yeah. really the guy you got to talk to. I don't think it should be an issue, and honestly, and this is my preference, not that my preference matters whatsoever, but... You know, when you got a DJ in the back, I feel like the aesthetic just – it looks better when there when there's more people in the room versus yeah. me just DJing to what looks like an empty room with no one here. Like, I want it – like, in, in my ideal world, obviously, you know, it depends on ultimately what Bubba wants. But in my ideal world, when I'm DJing, I mean, I want the floor packed. I want people everywhere. I want to see people dancing and bopping around. So well, exactly. That's my streamed, preference. Um, Again, that's not my decision to make, so.
4: I watched I watched the live stream of EDC Vegas, because uh, yeah. I couldn't go this year, and it was different. It was just a different feeling when they zoomed in on the DJ and that's all you saw whereas opposed to panned out where you can actually see the crowd. I mean, it just even though it's the same song, it just it's a different feeling when you can see the crowd as well Absolutely. as the DJ. Absolutely.
1: It's like going to a comedy show and there's like 10 people Versus like a, a packed club of four hundred, yeah. It just yeah. The, the laughs. You, you it's just a better experience. The energy in the room is better. So I certainly would like to DJ, you know, um, to a to a big crowd of people. And by big crowd, I mean maybe fifteen. That'd be great. <laughs>
4: well, I'll, I'll hit up Lemmy again on Monday and see if he pops the question over to Bubba on the show.
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely be asking. We got what two weeks from today, so we got time.
4: Yeah, because yeah, I'm not I'm not leaving for Ohio until like the 29th, so that's that's plenty of time for me to
1: beautiful, plenty of time.
4: Up. Cool. All right. Well, hopefully, I'll see you in two weeks.
1: Yes, yes, you will. Yes, you will. No. Just like uh, just like Sunset Music Festival. Sorry about that, by the way. I, I do feel bad when I bail, but at the end of the day, and I am still like kind of a people pleaser. Like I hate disappointing people, but at the end of the day, you go well. I'd rather disappoint a few people than have the worst time of my life, which it would have been two weeks ago when I was moving on my period, on no sleep, going to work, coming back from New York. Like, it was just it was just too much. It was it was it was too much, much, too much. 813-90-BUBBA. Uh, uh, next week will be a short week for me. Uh, so for those that don't know, DJ Hamsas will come into effect June 23rd. We're going to be celebrating Dan's birthday. I mean, it should be here as well. Um, from 8 to 10 p.m. on Kick, I believe, is what we're going to be doing Bubba 199s from here on out. And I will be DJing. Yes, me. I have many hobbies. I'm a woman of many talents, some would say. Uh, no one but me, I guess. So we'll be doing that. But next week's, week is a short week for me. So we got Monday, Tuesday, regular shows. Wednesday, I'll be hosting because Bubba will be um, getting a colonoscopy. I honestly don't know how he's going to do the fucking show on Tuesday because he's going to be shitting his brains out. I think once the mag- that liquid magnesium hits the hits the gut, it's just a, a complete eradication of anything that's in there, good, bad, and otherwise. So it should be interesting to see what happens. I might be hosting part of Tuesday as well. I wouldn't be surprised if I did the after show on Tuesday and then obviously Wednesday host the show and then Thursday early in the morning... About 6.30, I'm off to Boise, Idaho. What? Uh, for a bachelorette party. Very, very excited. I'm going to be seeing some people I haven't seen in uh, 14, 15 years. You know, the last time that we saw each other, we were borderline blacked out at, at college graduation. Uh, the Not the dean, but the chairman. Not Chairman Mao. That's not his name. Uh, Chancellor, Chairman, please, Anna. I've been watching too much History Channel. Uh, Chancellor Yang barely spoke English, and he was the one that gave the commencement speech, which was fucking hilarious. He also was the one at like out of all of the people. There were so many people at my school. I went to a, a University of California Santa Barbara. It was a, a massive university, a massive school. There were so many people there that were either administrators or students or otherwise, so many people that spoke English, so many people that spoke English so well, and they decided to choose the one guy that really couldn't, really couldn't do it, really couldn't do it, had problems with R's and L's and everything like that. Um, I don't want to say he was barely literate because I'm sure he could read and write just fine, But his accent was so thick that it was really hard to decipher what the fuck he was saying. And there were just so many other options that my university had to give a commencement speech and read um, mostly like English American names. And they really dropped the ball there. So, But but flip side, when you're drunk and you're at graduation, it's hilarious because nobody knows what this guy is saying. He's trying to give words of wisdom to the freshly graduating class of 2009. Ah, So old. But I do remember, even though I was sitting there drunk in the sun, which was stupid, I don't recommend to uh, people who are... Going to graduation in the cap and gown, if it, it and it's usually around summertime, uh, especially where I was in California, it was hot as fuck. And we're sitting there in the cap and gown, and I'm just sitting there drunk. And that was not the move, because I thought it'd be cool to get drunk with my buddies at the local bu- pub, at the local bar before the before the graduation ceremony. And it ended up being just a huge flop, because you think when you're drunk, you want to dance, you want to move, you want to talk. But instead, you got to sit and you got to listen and you got to sit and listen to a guy who does not speak English too well. And he's reading off, I don't know, 800 names, 800 names, because I think my graduating class was so large. I'm pretty sure they had five or six different graduation ceremonies because otherwise you would have been reading like 10,000 names. It would have been far too long. So, um, yeah. I will be seeing some people I haven't seen since that very day. That very day that I graduated. And it's one of those things where you, I guess you assume you'll see people around. But it's like, how? You're leaving. You're going. Most people, thank you 2008 recession, most people in my graduating class moved the fuck home. We took our degrees on our backs proudly and marched right back into our parents' living quarters and lived like adult infants like we were. It wasn't good for uh, my graduating class because you got to think a lot of people were losing their jobs and a lot of people were losing their jobs who were seasoned vets who'd been in the workforce for 20, 30, maybe even 40 years. They were losing their jobs. There was no way they were hiring fresh new blood. That's not what they were doing in 2008, 2009. So that's why it was kind of not even an option to think that, well, I didn't go right into grad school either. I go, well, job market's not great here. And that was such a great excuse. That was such a great excuse. That was the COVID of 2008 slash nine was, why are you not succeeding? Now you say, well, I'm fucked up because of COVID, which is not really an excuse, but it's one everyone will accept. You go, oh, why are you so mentally are? Why are you so depressed? Why are you so fat? Why are you so unemployed? Why are you so blank? And you go, COVID. And everyone just goes, yep. that I'll, I'll accept that as an answer. The excuse in 2009, from my perspective, as to when people would be like, why are you not getting your life together? Why are you a piece of shit? I go, well, the job market sucks so i have to i have to do other things i can't be trying to find a real job so i left the country and bartended in australia that is what i did and it was just it, it was perfect i mean i was young i was like 22 when i left and it's like well what, why are you trying to get a job here oh well the job market sucks oh that's fair fair enough and so you leave and it was great it was a great experience came back did the grad school thing you guys know the rest of the story 81390 bubba Um, I did read an article last night as the Xanax um, was hitting my system hard. It's a beautiful feeling. I call it, and we'll get to the story, but I call it the wave. Like, because if you want to go to bed, at least for me, and it also depends on how much you eat, you know, Bubba will tell you he's a a pill connoisseur. But if you you take a pill, obviously, on an empty stomach, it's going to hit a lot faster than if you just ate. So I was kind of like medium full. Not full, but not empty, you know. So I was like, all right, I want to go to bed hardcore. I want to be asleep, you know, face buried in the pillow, asleep, slobbering on myself in one hour. So I will take it, you know, an hour prior and took that zan. And as I was, you start to slip. And then what happens is the what I call the wave. And for those that are, you know, not experienced with benzodiazepines, holy shit. That they are, I, listen, I get it. I've always been like, don't take drugs, big pharma shit. And I do talk a lot of smack on big pharma. But every once in a while they come out with a a good jam, with a good hit. And um, benzodiazepines are, they're awesome when you need them. You know, you shouldn't take them all the time. And it does take a lot of willpower to, you know, you think if you get an amazing night of sleep, you go, all right, well, what did I do to get that amazing night of sleep? Oh, I took a Zanny or a K pin, or Nyquil, or whatever. It's really hard the next night when you're going to bed to not want to take that thing that gave you such a great outcome the day before. It's really hard to go. We're going to do this all natural. Um, but that's you know it's again it's like it's like cheese the cheesecake effect. Same with Molly. You don't want to do Molly every weekend. You don't want to do it even once a month. But every you know every qu- maybe quarterly or. You know, semi-annually, you want to treat yourself to a little bit of Molly, fine, no problem. You earned it. You've taken care of your brain to the best of your, your ability for the last six months. You you enjoyed a you, you earned to you know kill a few brain cells. That's no problem. But it takes willpower not to do that. But the same thing applies when it comes to when it comes to sleeping aids, sleeping pills. Is you don't want to o- overuse them, or some would say abuse them. But when you use them sparingly, they work so fucking well. And when you wake up from a four-hour nap and you're trying to, you know, turn around in 90 minutes and go back to sleep for another seven, it can be a little challenging unless you have your friend Xanax. And Xanax isn't even really technically a sleeping pill, but because I'm very sensitive to these sorts of things and I don't take Xanax often, that when you do take it, it's just... It relaxes you enough to be able to fall asleep. It doesn't really put you to sleep, but sometimes it's that anxiety barrier that prevents you. You know, you're. we've all experienced where the body is tired, the mind is tired, but you just, you can't help but Your, your mind's racing. You got some shit on your mind. Your boss is angry with you because you didn't take the cold blows that he told you or whatever, you know, whatever issue Bubba's having with me or issue I'm having with, My family, my friends, my man—whatever you know—we all have issues in our life, daily stresses and stressors. That sometimes, and sometimes you nothing's wrong. You're just your brain won't shut the fuck up. Mine is no exception. So, it's that anxiety barrier. So, what that Xanax does, what it beautifully does, is it just kind of pulls down the veil, you know, on that anxiety, just kind of go to the anxiety, and then it allows your body to do. What it what it should be doing naturally, which is just allowing you to fall asleep. So, um, something that happens probably usually about it forty five minutes to an hour in is what I get is the effect I call the wave, or you know it's not it's not hitting it's not hitting, and then all of a sudden you just feel this like sense of peace and tranquility and serenity, and you just go, it's about to hit. And then it's kind of almost like a placebo, like, I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to be able to fall asleep, which makes you relax even further. It's like the snowball effect that you want. You go, I'm feeling relaxed. I know I'm going to sleep well. Now I'm relaxed. Good night. Peace out. See you later. Boom. And then you're out. And you feel amazing. And... Um, I don't even know how we got here, but uh, all I know is I've been talking about Xanax for the last hour and I, I, it it sucks because it's like, dude, I fucking hate Big Pharma. You know, they spend more on, on lobbyist shit than even the oil companies. I think it's like, I heard it was five times more Big Pharma spends on lobbying than even, you know, big oil, big food. They got, they got their hands in a lot of shit and they're making a lot of money. And I, you know, during the, maybe the Schmova deal, I was maybe talking some trash, but then they come out with some real cool, like benzodiazepines, and you just go, okay, hold on. Let's hold the phone. This is kind of awesome. It, but you got to use it sparingly, because if you use it too much, then you ruin it. You ruin it. Much like I ruined intermittent fasting. I did it too much. I did, It worked too well. It worked too, people ask me, does it work? I go, it worked too fucking well. It works so fucking well that I have to now dial it back because I am now get becoming catabolic, which is not the goal. And I was be, I was very transparent because I, I, I'm the type of person to take that song that you love and play it every fucking minute of every day until you hate that fucking song. That is what I do well, is overdo things. Take a good thing, take a beautiful thing, and then overuse it and abuse it. That's my MO. So with uh, pharmaceuticals, the pharmaceuticals. Uh, I got to be real careful because I don't want to say I have an addictive personality, but I'm gonna say no. I don't. I actually have the opposite of an addictive personality. I have a I have a disciplined personality, but sometimes discipline can take you to dark, dirty places. Okay, real bad places where you start under eating, over fasting, getting catabolic. So, you know, there's a dark side to everything, and I am allergic to moderation. I'm either, like, kind of an all-or-nothing kind of gal. I really have no interest in drinking whatsoever unless I can get pretty fucking drunk. Because what's the point? What's the point of a drink? When I was at brunch with the girlies on, was it Sunday? I don't know. It feels so long ago. I had one drink, and it was probably the dumbest $12 I've wasted. Because I had a full stomach. I'm having one glass of wine. I feel nothing. I want to keep drinking more, but I have to shut it off because I got to drive in a few hours. I'm like, why did I do that? Either go dry or go, you know, full throttle foot on the accelerator. To have one drink is probably the dumbest thing that one could do. You know, I did it and it tasted good. It was actually a really nice wine. I took a picture of the uh, whatever it was because it was fucking awesome. I love me a Pinot Grigio because I'm a basic white bitch in that regard. But it's pretty much the dumbest, the dumbest expense you can make is to have a drink. You'd, maybe socially, maybe if you're having, you know, like a drink with, uh, I don't know, work people, so you don't look fucking weird. So that people are like, "Why are you? Ha- why are you? drinking water?" And then you're like, "Then you got to explain." You don't want, you don't want any of that shit, especially when you're trying to just, you know, be cool and blend. But I didn't need to blend with my girlfriends; like they're cool as fuck. So. It was kind of money wasted, and I remember as soon as I ordered that drink, I go, "Why did I do that? Now I'm going to want another one, and now I'm just stuck with this drink. I'm not going to be drunk, and now I've just wasted money." So I'm really an all or nothing kind of gal. I have a lot of discipline, um, so I'm pretty good when it comes to the pharmaceutical drugs. And I also just kind of, you know, y- you want you don't you want to you don't you want to keep it in your pocket as a special weapon? You don't want to have it as like your mo must need to go to bed sort of thing. But all I got to say is I felt pretty fucking good today as a par- as a co- compared to yesterday because yesterday was, was bad. I mean, it was a great day, and I'm, I'm grateful for every, every day that I have, that I have my health. But in terms of I just felt weak, I felt run down. I was worried I was going to get strep throat because I thought Brian knew what the fuck he was talking about. Turns out he doesn't. Thank God. So um, we're back, baby. Maybe I'll go for a run. Maybe I won't. We'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, next week I'm going to Idaho. Yeah, when someone told when she initially told me that that's where the bachelorette party was, I was like, um, "Are you saying Vegas wrong?" Or no, we're going to Boise. I'm like, "Hmm, that doesn't scream bachelorette party to me." But hey, I'm open minded. I've never been to Idaho before. Um, I know that there are places in Idaho that are beautiful. And being the snob from San Diego that I am, and now, you know, to the east coast, well, the west coast of Florida, but the east coast of the United States, you know, we're, we're kind of snobs, the, us coastal people. You know, we expect to see water and not on a lake. We want water from the oceans. That's what we like to see. We like waves. We like sand, not gravel. So being the snob that I am from San Diego, I, I I very much considered Idaho to be what, you know, it's kind of a derogatory, derogatory term for, you know, the middle of the country, but, you know, flyover states. Ugh. Yeah, I lived in one for four years. Don't recommend. But when people would say things like, oh, you know, Like Reagan, for instance. God bless her. She's like, yeah, you should check out Cleveland. I'm like, yeah, how about never?
0: My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get when you're talking through Mint Mobile. I mean, I can't believe that I've been living some other life with all this scratchy mobile when I can get crystal clear and the best mobile through Mint Mobile. And I can do it all for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. I can afford this. How much have I been paying on my other plan? Probably getting gouged. But it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get un. With Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. That's mintmobile.com forward slash B U B B A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to 15 a month. New customers on first three month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabyte on unlimited. additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mint mobile for details
1: okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself begin your new smile journey with bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at bite.com bite clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door How about never that? The only reason conceivably that I would even be in Ohio ever, like purposefully, would be to to go to Serpent's Mound. And I don't even know where the fuck that is. Close, I think the closest city to that is Columbus, maybe. Maybe it's Dayton. I don't know. But that's like, you know, that's like a Graham Hancock sort of um, ancient Native Americans built this beautiful ray serpent in the ground and the the mouth opens right where the sun aligns during the summer solstice, June 21st, coming up on it, longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, that's why I would go to Ohio to see something like that. But I'm not going to Ohio to see what, what is it? The, uh... Rock and roll Hall of Fame. Is that in Cleveland? Does anyone know? Does anyone care? Uh yeah. I'll never go. Hey, I'll call it out Cotty with a dollar ninety nine. That's my worth right there. Eight one three ninety Bubba. Uh yeah, so I would very much consider, you know, Idaho to be a flyover state. Is Idaho the Midwest? Question mark. Because I feel like geographically it's more Midwest than say, um, Ohio or Illinois or Indiana which is kind of odd when we call it the Midwest. I was always very confused. I'm like, "Well, how is Michigan?" When I first moved to Michigan, they're like, "Yeah, Midwest." I'm like, "Has anyone looked at a map recently? Uh, there's nothing really west about it. Maybe you could make, there's an argument for mid. It's more uh northeast if anything, I guess, and if we're talking about quadrants, but I, it's more of a cultural, you know, it's a regional thing, but it's more of a cultural idea of like, oh, Midwest, Indiana, Illinois, Kansas, I don't know. Um, I don't want to say it was very different from my upbringing. We had a little bit more of what you could call the uh, diversity. You know, I know in, in some places, in the Midwest and the big cities, of course, Chicago, Detroit, uh, Indianapolis, I'm sure there's more diversity, but in much of the Midwest, it seems like it's, you know, white people. So, and not that there's anything wrong with that. And not just like, but I'm talking about like, like, like Americana white people, not just any, not uh, hoity toity waspy white people. We're talking about, you know, homegrown, maybe a little blue collar, maybe a little white collar, but mostly blue collar. And I appreciate those people. I feel like a lot of those people are the the lifeblood of this country. In you know all of the in, in, when it comes to manufacturing and you know stuff like that, hard work. Well, I feel like I like people from when I meet people from the Midwest. I like the the hospitality. There's a a different mindset of a simpler time. You know the, the centered around the family and hard work, and these people are familiar with like uh, parks and. The outdoors, whereas when you meet someone who is born and bred in the city, it's just a different sort of expectation. It's very hard to impress those people from New York City because they've seen it all. They've experienced They've seen some horrific shit. And when you're trying to impress people maybe with a fun story, uh, don't, don't tell it to someone who comes from a big city because they've already seen it. They've lived it. They bought the T-shirt. But you tell someone, a nice person from, you know... Uh, Oklahoma, a crazy story. They're going to be impressed by you, you know, and I like those people. I think I find value in people from that have Midwestern ideals. And I feel like I'm now shifting because I've moved to the burbs. I mean, the motherfucking burbs like where I lived before was like kind of the burbs, I guess. And I'm free. I'm happy to tell like pretty much where exactly where I lived because I don't live there anymore. Uh, but it, it, it's right off of, uh, maybe I shouldn't tell you actually, because maybe some people still live there, but it was Northern St. Petersburg, let's just say. Um, and it's the, it's the Burbs. It's certainly not a big city. It's not a metro area and it's certainly not rural. But when you think of the Burbs, the like idyllic sort of, you have a backyard, you're not living in a condominium or an apartment, but just, you got a front yard, you got a backyard, you got a driveway, you got a garage. Things that were foreign to me for the last 10 years. I never had a garage. Never had a driveway. It's Just, you know, park your car in the fucking spot. And, you know, walk your way to the door. Go up a few stairs. Blah, blah. I don't have to do that shit no more. So, um, yes, it's very interesting even how politically things have changed. I'll, I'll tell you that I'm northern Pinellas. You know, I'm happy to... I'll just tell you I live in Dunedin. That's fine. I'm not telling you where. But... Uh, For those that are even familiar with the area that are listening. And when you move from St. Petersburg to Dunedin, I I really didn't think that there was going to be much of a cultural shift, political shift. And boy, was I wrong. It went from rainbow flags to American flags real fucking quick. And also, for those that don't know, our beloved or formerly beloved governor, Ron DeSantis, is born and bred. Dunedin. So you see a lot of Ron DeSantis, see a lot of Trump flags, see a lot of American flags. And listen, I love I love seeing me an American flag. Nothing makes me happier to see people showing pride for this great nation. And it is a great nation. That's not to say that it's a perfect nation. That's not to say that we haven't done some fucking horrific shit. Um, But we're winners, not losers. And we've done some incredible things. And there's a reason why people from shittier countries um, are trying to get into this country, not because it sucks, but because it's amazing. And even when it's not in its 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 best day, it's still amazing. You know, y- you got to think like even for those listening that are of a you know not to bring this back to weight, but you think about like for example, sometimes I have bad body image days. Not gonna lie, times I like go on. It, you could do better. I gained a few pounds. Not that it's a big deal, but you know, you go, uh, eh, not great. And then you watch something like My 600 Pound Life, for example, and you go, wow! Even on my fucking worst day, my worst day of my worst year, where I was either like overweight or underweight or just looked like shit, I am still a 10 out of 10 compared to that gremlin over there just kind of gives you some insight. So that's kind of like, um, you know, forgot where I was going with all this Pinellas. Oh, America being great. Right. So, yes, even on our fucking worst day, on our ugliest day, when we have, you know, a corpse in the White House and uh, an impending recession and you got the schmovid and or you got the, you know, you got slavery. I don't even want to bring that up. But whatever, even on your worst day, we're still way hotter than Bangladesh. Oh, so much hotter. We're still hotter than Nicaragua, Venezuela, we're still hotter than Somalia, Yemen. You know, we're way, way hotter than all those nations, even on our ugliest day. So it's important to keep that in mind. So, um, yeah, I, I do have a bit of a rule. I'm, I I don't have a lot of rules with within my relationship. In terms of like, well, yeah, you know, please don't fuck anybody else. That's, that's a pretty self-explanatory rule. But when it comes to just how I conduct business, I've made it very known that I don't feel comfortable putting anything political on our front lawn. I see a lot of DeSantis flags and posters and the things with the, I guess they're just called signs, idiot, um, idiot being me. Uh, I don't want to see any of that shit. I told Blitz, I go, please, none of that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have a Desantis flag, I don't want to have a rainbow flag, I want to have a trans flag, I don't want to have a Trump flag, I don't want to have no damn flags except an American flag because in my mind you are a fucking target, and the last thing I need is some angry, you know, weirdo walking down the street and sees that I have a BLM whatever, and they decide to burn my house down. Uh, not okay, or vice versa, you know, which is it, Probably more likely where I don't have the BLM flag or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be a target for anything. I won't put anything political on my car. Um, that's a big no-no for me. Why do people need to know on the road who I'm voting for? What, what, what is? I feel like that's just like welcoming. I even understand wearing a T-shirt. Like to me, even wearing a T-shirt. Okay, someone confronts you, fine. But when you're in a car, when you're in like a we- you're in a weapon, and other people are in weapons around you when and people are at their worst when they're driving you know they're going to a job they hate they're coming home they're sitting in traffic they're they have time to ruminate on their problems the last thing I want to do is aggravate someone when they're in a metal weapon going 80 miles on the highway the last thing I' want to do is aggravate that person to do something fucking crazy to me on the road okay? That is not... People are truly at their worst when they're driving. And I know that because I'm one of them. I've done some dumb shit. time I was coming home from um, Hornblasters, Zephyr Hills, and I'm driving. And I was just being being an asshole. Some guy was trying to, like, get over, and it was like he was cutting me off, and I was just being an asshole and not letting him get over or whatever. And I thought it was hilarious. Like, I was having a great time because I was bored and hating my life in that moment, too. And um, I can see he was visibly upset, and I'm just, like, waving, smiling. Like, the last thing that you want to see is someone who's mad is someone who's happy, who thinks that the situation is now humorous. And that's exactly what I was doing, which was aggravating him more, which was making me laugh more. So it was just a, you know, it was not a good combination. It was oil and water. And I needed to, like, merge to get on the 4 whatever the details are too boring to tell but he wasn't letting me get over and um i was about to end up in a ditch and at the last moment he let me move over and he rolled down his window and i heard what i thought was a gunshot it and and something he rolled down the window he put an apparatus outside of his window He was in the driver's seat, obviously, and um, I heard a boom, and I saw shit come out. I don't know what the—to this day, I'm still not sure. In my mind, it it wasn't a bullet, but something, like, came out of an apparatus. I think it was, like—I don't know if it was a potato gun. I don't know what the fuck it was. It was a firearm, kind of, but I saw some, like, white shit— Like, I don't know if it was, like, a a ribbon or, like, confetti or, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it was to this day, but there was a boom and there was some white smoke. I'm not quite sure because I was driving as well, so it's hard to see. But it scared the living shit out of me. And I remember in that moment, I go, okay, I'm lucky that wasn't a real gun because I was fucking with this guy for a good 15 minutes. Like... And I was on, I think it was 301. Those that are local can tell me. I, I've lived here for seven years, but I I still feel like I moved here yesterday. It was it was I think it was 301. So you're on that road for like 20 miles to get to Hornblasters. So I was messing with this guy for a minute, right where 301 becomes two two lanes, because for most of it it's just a single lane. So and then I start messing with this guy. He's messing with me, whatever. Um, and then we get on, we merge onto the four. And I just remember him rolling down the window, sticking an apparatus out, probably obviously hitting some sort of a trigger and something came out of that hole. And I just remember being like, okay, that's a wake up call. That scared the shit out of me. And of course I like, you know, jerked and did all that. And I thought I was shot, but I was fine. And I go, let this just be a lesson not to aggravate people on the road because people are at their absolute worst when they are behind the wheel. As am I. So um, you got a lot of confidence. And Another thing is the anonymity. Oh, I said it right. Perfect. I was was worried. I'm like, can my tongue say this? Anonymity. The anonymity behind being, you know, behind the wheel of a metal weapon is a lot of times people can't see your face or you can have it concealed because you're wearing sunglasses. Whereas if you start trying that shit in real time on the street, people see your face. It's a lot more personal. You don't you don't feel it's like being behind your keyboard. Like you got you, you got a little bit more courage when people don't really know who you are, or what you're up to. So I just remember in that moment. I said, OK, this is a life lesson. And I'm so grateful that I was able to learn it without any serious consequences, because that could have been a real gun. That's <laughs> that happens all the time. If you're, you know, from Florida or live in Florida, you know, Florida, man, uh, stuff goes down on the highways. People get shot. Um because of road rage and and whatever, so I just remember taking a mental note and going, Not worth it, not worth it. So one of the ways to aggravate people on the road is to show your political affiliation people don't people seem to be aggravated by that. I know I do I don't let it really get to me, but i uh, I think it was maybe six, seven months ago, Whenever it was the Roe v Wade deal, like there was some stupid bitch. Who had decorated her car with like Roe v. Wade, you know, my vagina, my choice, like things that should not be in public sight for children, you know, because, you know, even though I don't have children, I still care about the children, you know, mildly. Uh, And again, it's not something I say I think we should ban, but also it's just not it's in poor taste. And I go, wow, that's annoying. And I remember just thinking how annoyed I was with that woman on the road who wrote, you know, with the, I don't know if it's a marker, you know, just married, whatever, whenever they write, it's not chalk, but you understand it's like a marker that you can wipe off. And she wrote, she just decorated it into like Roe v. Wade, a rainbow, which how I don't understand how those two things are related, but who knows. Um, And I just remember being aggravated and I'm like, that woman is acquiring and attracting so much attention It's like you're going to attract the wrong attention from the wrong person in the wrong moment, and they're going to, like, mess with you or try to drive you off the road or shoot at your tires or shoot at your face. And I can't really... I can't control what other people do. I can't. But what I can do is I can try to blend. I can try to blend and not be a target, right? This is kind of the whole, you know, oh, she was raped. What was she wearing? You know, a horrible thing to say... But if you are, you know, not saying you deserve to be raped. If you're wearing a miniskirt, walking by yourself down a dark alleyway at 2 a.m., that doesn't mean you deserve to be raped. But also, like, what did you expect was going to happen? Right? There's going to be rapists out there raping. Telling them that raping is wrong really isn't going to change what they're going to do. They, I think, they're they're very much aware that raping is wrong. I think the issue is they don't care, or they're on drugs, or they're criminals. Right? So telling people not to rape, the good men and good people know already know this. They're not raping. But, it, you know, and, and I I hate to reference Andrew Tate when it comes to anything, you know, morality-based. But he makes some good points. He's like, if I am have a $250,000 watch, you know, or chain waving it around in, in the ghettos of London going, I have watched, watch, I have a watch, and then I get robbed, you know, for me to, to blame the person who robbed me is— not unfair, but he's like, yeah, of course they shouldn't have robbed me. But also, what did you expect was going to happen if you're displaying wealth in a very destitute place where people are known to, to rob you? Apparently, it's really scary out there in London. Some, some bad some bad places. People are getting stabbed. Maybe they're not getting shot, but they're getting stabbed and they're, a lot of stealing, a lot of theft. So not safe, not good. So it's one of those things where it's like, be smart and protect yourself. Yeah, there's bad people out there. We know this. And and creating legislation and laws against being a bad person isn't going to change bad people and their bad behavior. You have to try to mitigate it on your own end and go, okay, well, what can I control? Well, I cannot be a target. Well, I can be smart and not walk down the alleyway with a short miniskirt at 2 a.m. That's probably a smart idea not to do that versus do that and go, you know, woe is me. You oh, know, I can't believe I was raped. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. But also, let's be smart. Keep your head on a swivel and not do dumb shit. And in my estimation, putting anything from a Trump bumper sticker to a Biden, even to a DeSantis, like nobody on the road needs to know who the fuck I'm voting for. And nobody walking by my house needs to know who I'm voting for. That's how I feel. So maybe that's a little overbearing. I don't understand why people like to draw that. Is the most interesting thing about you who you voted for? Is that the most interesting thing? You know, I find it even more interesting if you're like, I don't know, I love dogs or some stupid shit. You know, you see women that wine time or whatever. Not that that's stupid, but to have like a bumper sticker would be kind of dumb. But whatever, like if you're in, if you have a hobby, it's like a, what's this, salt life. Okay, you're into fucking surfing. Cool. Like that to me is more interesting than who the fuck you voted for. Because who the fuck you voted for, I mean, that doesn't even really involve you. You're just like a fanboy, a mark for somebody else. You know, you're not a politician. You're just a mark for one guy or one gal. But, you know, at least if you're displaying your hobbies on your on your car. Oh, Jeep, Jeep life, and Jeep stuff. Jeep people are like, whatever. It seemed like they're uh, in a league of their own. But anyways, that's just how I feel. Like to keep those things close to the sleeve, close to the heart. And you, you talk about it on the radio because that's what we're supposed to do. But when it comes to, you know, being in Gen Pop, being in Gen Pop on, on 275, being in Gen Pop in Dunedin. People don't need to know who the fuck I'd be voting for because there's some crazy assholes out there who are looking for, you know, a bone to pick. And maybe I'm going to see them on, on their worst day. Their wife just left them and they hate DeSantis and there's, you know, they wanted to be a baby and it didn't work out and they just got fired from their job because they're not diverse enough. And they're walking through my neighborhood and they just see me with my DeSantis sign and they're just like, that's the one, you know, and I don't need to be running into those people on their worst day. That frightens me. So I would encourage you all to do the same. I don't know or don't. What the fuck do I? It's free country. Do what you want. But also just know that in my mind, you're taking unnecessary risks when you're broadcasting that on your lawn or on your car i wouldn't i would never advise anyone do that so in our in our home that's just kind of the policy that we have is uh you know uh don't ask don't tell hello who's this hey sammo it's jammo sam S A M. S A M. what's up sam hey uh i wanted to uh uh ask you something about the intermittent
5: fasting uh I've been doing it. I started after Bike Week, and which is March, and I uh, and I started at two sixty point one. I'm down to two twenty six point eight of last Sunday. Amazing, amazing. So, but I want to know what did you what did it cause you when you overdid it? Because I've lost uh, since March. I've lost what do you call it? Uh, uh, um, Over thirty
0: pounds. So that's too bad. I'm so proud of you,
1: Sam. I'm so I'm so proud of you. Uh Sam yeah. I think you I think you're doing great. Um how tall are you Sam? 63. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's 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 a lot different than on on a guy who's 63. Well, I was I was looking enough to get a, a body scan and uh-huh. um they they give you a lot of different metrics and on one of the metrics they they told me that I was actually in a catabolic state. So I was actually losing muscle. Um, and, and my fat was like a little bit too low. I was just a little bit too lean. I feel like as a bigger uh-huh. person, you have more, you have more room to work with, but when you're five, three and at the time, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, like when I first started intermittent fasting, I was probably about, uh, like 123 pounds, 122, which is yeah. totally normal for someone that's five, three, you know, I wouldn't say that that's, that's not heavy at all. I wouldn't say it's especially super thin either, but I got down to like. I mean, I feel weird saying this, but I got down to like 108.5 pounds like that was just a little too lean. So yes. I and I was also having issues with digestion because I was eating one meal a day. So I was just eating too much at one time. So I'm like, OK, I need to just scale it back a little bit. I would say that you're probably fine. There's really no way to tell unless you get like a a, De- a DEXA scan or a Sika scan. But if, right. if you feel like you're not having any digestive issues, because that's initially why I did it, because I was like, Man, I feel bloated after I eat for several hours because I'm not eating, not eating, and then I just have this giant meal. So that was the one thing where I, you know, why I decided to kind of investigate further and, and, and found out I was actually catabolic. But I think that you're fine. Do you feel good? You feel you feel like you have energy, not bloated, whatever. Feeling good? Yeah. And then keep doing yeah, what yeah, you're doing. Yeah. I just what I would, yeah. what I did, Sam, where I what I made the mistake is I was doing really well when I was fasting about 18, 19 hours a day. And because I felt so good and because I like to, you know, take a good thing and ruin it, I decided to keep pushing it. So then I was eating every oh. 25 hours, 26 hours, 28 hours, 30 hours. Like I kept pushing it. So,
3: yeah, I I, I did the
5: same. I backed it off. I've got it down to 18 hours nothing but water coffee or tea unsweetened perfect and then anything anything i want to eat drink smoke anything for four hours i get four hours from four in the afternoon till eight at night and then so that's uh, like 20 just, hour fast it. is it no 18
1: but you no, said no, it... yeah,
5: 20, 20 20 20 okay
1: yeah. that's great you feel good there stay there don't don't keep pushing it like my dumbass so i i took it too I'm... far but it sounds like you're doing great you feel good right yeah, yeah, and lot, it's three ninety nine.
2: No, I, mean, I don't get winded. Yes. I don't get winded. Yeah, lungs, bad. you yeah. know. I'll...
0: Yeah,
1: good. Okay, well, thank you for everything, Sam. Right. That's right, awesome. So.
0: Okay, goodbye. But goodbye,
1: Sam. Sam is so sweet. What I have, I have biker fans now. Who would have thought? Eight one three ninety Bubba. Um, that's fantastic. And uh, you know, I love, I love talking about me uh, some intermittent fasting. Just honestly, mostly because it's fucking free. It's, and it's, it's, it's easy to do because you don't have to buy anything. There's no supplements, you know, and it's just, it's something that any person who I've talked to that's done it, no one has come and said like, hey, and I tried it, it didn't work and fuck you. It's never that response. So I'm just, I'm so glad that I can kind of just push you in the right direction. And I'm sure a lot of you are listening to me like, shut the fuck up. But maybe, just maybe you're like, all right, let me do my own research here. Start doing your own research. You go... all right, maybe I can do this. And it gets easy fast. You know, for anyone who's looking to even try to lose a few pounds or a lot of pounds, um, you know, and you don't, don't start at 18. If you can't go 12, try to aim for 11. I don't know what to tell you. And then you just slowly work your way up, and it gets easy fast. What's beautiful about the human body is that it adapts quickly. It has to adapt quickly. Um, when things change, you adapt. Uh, if if the body doesn't doesn't get food, you know, you, maybe don't, again, don't don't start with a twenty hour fast, but you start with even ten hours, eleven, twelve, and it just it gets easy so quickly. The beginning, it's a little uncomfortable, but you know, you just sometimes you got to just take yourself by the collar and you go, listen, maybe you should like being hungry. Things are happening when you are hungry. You know, processes the body is rejuvenating itself, and and embrace the hunger. As I don't want to speak for all countries, but especially in America, it seems like people are petrified of hunger. Oh no, I'm hungry. Oh no, you're hungry. Fucking get over it. You know, and, and it's funny because like that's what I tell Bubba because he's you know he's industrial strength, but you know, God forbid we're a little hungry, we can't hand off. I'll be hungry. And we're fed and, you know, ironically using that word, but we're told, you know, you have to avoid hunger and da, da, da. why it's part of the human experience to, to to be a little hungry. And oftentimes hunger is a transient state. If you just kind of stick it out, have some water, have some black coffee or some tea, then the, the body goes, OK, I guess we're not hungry. And Then you get sharper because like, I was going to I was going to eat actually between shows because I'm trying to scale it back. But I go, you know what? I'm going to probably be sharper and on my game if I'm fasted because uh, a lot of things, the, the brain has to get, I mean, obviously at a certain point you'll die, but um, when you're hungry, when you're fasted, when you're probably in a state of ketosis, you, you think that you have brain fog and all this shit, but it's actually the opposite. It's actually the opposite. The brain gets sharper because you need, your body's like, I need to hunt for food, right? So we got to get sharper. We got to dial it in. All of a sudden, we, we don't have any more glucose. Now we're switching over to, to ketones. And I don't know for sure because I don't know anything about my body, and we'll get into that in a second, um, talking about being a hypocrite. I know we talked about being a hypocrite during the show, but um, you, you you get what I think, and I'm, I'm not sure, but I think that I often feel like a little lightheaded right when my body's going, getting into ketosis going from sugar burning to fat burning. I feel like I, I know, and I'm not sure if it's true because a lot of times what happens is I'll get like a little fuzzy, like when the blood sugar is dropping and I get a little like sometimes a little lightheaded, but if I can push through like even just 20 minutes, maybe have some tea, maybe have some coffee, even just drink some water. Then again, then I come on out on the other end sharper and, um, like more focused. And I go, huh, I wonder if that's like the transition from sugar burning to fat burning. Um, I did want to briefly talk about me being a hypocrite because we're all hypocrites. All of us, you know, we we do some dumb shit, but then we think that other things are way too risky to do. So, you know, for example, like I'm a germaphobe, right? I wash my hands to the point of them being they crack, they bleed, they're dry. It's disgusting. It really is. Um, But and I'm so afraid of touching a door handle, but I have taken drugs from strangers, So you go, huh, that's an interesting um, risk uh, analysis. You go, hey, what could be more catastrophic to my health? Touching a dirty door handle or taking drugs from a stranger. What would uh, what would let's play worst case scenario. And when you kind of play it back like that, you go, well, that doesn't really make any sense why my brain would think that, you know, touching a dirty door handle is not okay, but taking drugs from a stranger is great and we'll do it periodically. So one of the ways that I've found that I'm very hypocritical is, uh, you know, I'm very involved in, I like learning about health. I like learning about health sciences. I love anything to do with nutrition, fitness, uh, longevity. I would say longevity is like my main thing right now. It's like, how can I have a long but good quality of life? Like, And I'm so glad that I got introduced to that now while I'm still relatively young. I know people will contest me on this. I'm certainly not young, but I wouldn't say I'm old yet. But at a time in my 30s where, you know, things are starting to change, but like I still got my period, if you know what I mean. So I'm not that old. But anyways, um, I'm so obsessed with my health and health markers and getting scans. I've been talking about getting a blood test for probably at least the last six to eight months. And when I had the opportunity to buy a blood test to to test my hormones, which I think is probably the most important thing, especially as a woman at my age where things are going to probably start changing somewhat soon, to have a baseline of where you're at so that when something tanks, you can then get another blood test and go, oh, wow, my estradiol, whatever, is way the fuck off. My uh, thyroid hormone is way the fuck off. No wonder why I'm tired or sad or whatever the case may be. I need to have a baseline. But every time that I get to a crossroads to get that test, I go, huh, I should get a blood test to learn where I'm at. With, you know, triglycerides, blood glucose, like all of the things, all and the hormones and everything. I then decide to buy a bunch of DJ equipment or I then buy... um a plane ticket to Boise, Idaho, or I decide that I'm going to go to Denver. So I really, it, it is odd, the fact that I'm so obsessed with my health, yet I refuse to buy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's not cheap. It's like 450 bucks for this exam, and I'm not saying it's not worth it. Of course it is, but it's just every time I'm at that crux, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to do brunch. You know, or I'd like to spend it on something else, or I'm just being a Jew about it and I don't want to spend four hundred and fifty dollars. It's hard to spend money when there's not a problem. you know? like if there was like a I had a chronic issue and I needed to really invest a lot of money into something to investigate why I was feeling bad, you know, that would make sense. But when you're not feeling bad, it's hard to kind of front the money and go, oh, is this really worth it? So the goal is by the end of the year, I need to have all this blood work done. So that, A, it's good content, obviously the most important thing. And B, just to, to learn about my health on the inside. Because I, I, I know a lot about the outside and the out, outer man, manifestation and kind of just kind of keeping a gauge on how I'm feeling and, and things like that. But to have like some actual quantitative data on what the fuck is going on inside of me, I think would be, would be wise to have that information at my beck and call. So that is the goal. To get that done. Um, if any of you have, ha- have any recommendations. I even I even got the tests that I needed. And like sent the links to myself. Like I emailed them to myself. So there's not even a question of which test to get. It's literally I need to take out my credit card. And stop being a motherfucking. And just pay for it. Because I need to have this information. To really have the full scope of my health. To understand, I did the scans, I did the shit, and I yes, I did that because it was free. Yes, I did that because it was free of charge. But I really need to start investing, because in, blood work tells you a lot of stuff that you really can't get from anything else. You know, you've got the actual information, you've got the microbes, you got the DNA. Scans are effective, sure, and often very accurate, but they really can't tell you what a blood test can tell you. Because it's your actual fucking blood. It's pretty accurate stuff. So we'll take a few calls and we'll get the fuck out of here. Hello, who's this? Perfect, perfect call. Thank you. Hello, who's this? Hello? It's definitely on. Call back. Hello, who's this? Welcome to the show. No? Really? Three for three? Am I getting punked right now? Hello? Talk to me. Hello, who's this? I'm a humble. It's Joe the Supermark. Joe the Supermark. I've come to quite like you, Joe. Thank you so much. And I like you, too. And Thank I like you. the
5: best is when you go.
1: It's <laughs> just so much fun. Yeah, um,
5: nobody's ever done that before. So you you broke the chiz area on that one.
1: Oh, wonderful. Um, how's it going? What, what did you want to talk about?
5: I'm celebrating a milestone. I did 22 hours of fasting yesterday.
1: Amazing. Great. That is, that a, is that a record for you? Twenty-two is my hottest. Yeah, that's fantastic. Phenomenal. How are you feeling? Yeah, body's burning and that was, fat, burning that fuel. I, I got through
5: it. I've, I've been I've been doing it around twenty. That's my average okay. is around twenty. Yeah. So I have breakfast at nine, and I have lunch at one, and then I don't do anything else till whole 8. rest of the day back until breakfast again. I do weed and water. That's what gets weed me and through. water.
1: I think weed is free of calories, so you're you're good to go there.
5: Yeah, and it's delicious weed too. It's all always the best. I don't do dispensary stuff. I get it right from the grower and it's top, top, top. Nuts. Wow. So I okay. about that. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing, let me see. Oh, you were talking about benzos. Yeah. So I just had my I first in- encounter. Now, when I was first training for wrestling, I, ha- I got my hands on Kalanapins
1: and I was good doing too. those
5: while I was training in the ring. So that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from that, I didn't really get them again until recently this year.
4: Yeah.
5: And when I wake up in the morning, I, I don't know about you. I'm sure you sleep good, and you were talking about being on the X, so that was even better. But I wake up at 3, 4 in the morning, and I physically can't sleep anymore, even though I want to. It's just my body won't allow it. How many hours of sleep
1: is... do you have at that point when you wake up at 3 or 4? Well,
5: I'm usually up around 20 hours a day. Oh, that's so I go good. To, I go to bed around midnight, and then I get up around 4. Or 11, and then I get up around 3.30 or just and something. And you just insane. wake Not up? Me. Yeah, my body wakes me up. It's, it's brutal. But I did have a lady sneak me a couple K-pins. Yeah. And I I uh, got myself a fresh bottle of Cherry NyQuil
2: mm.
5: and about 15 minutes before. I take my meds at 10 o'clock, you know, my insulin and whatever. But I, I did the K-pins with a NyQuil chaser. Oh, my God, I could sleep on Saturday morning. I slept till, like, 7.30. Mm. It was lit. I was so so excited. And then then I ran out of the benzos, and now I'm right back. I was up at 3.30 this morning. I just could not sleep anymore, just begging God, please let me sleep.
1: Right, right.
5: there was no sleep. Yeah. But it's all good, because if you get up, you're productive, and you can do stuff.
1: Yeah, but a lot of people aren't. You know, if they don't get enough sleep, they're up for many hours. But you're not really the most productive when you feel run down. Like me yesterday, I felt like shit. And I was going to, you know, in the past, I would have tried to push myself to— you know, stay up later, not nap or go to, go work out or go for a bike ride. And I was just like, dude, I need to listen to my, my body is screaming at me to sit the fuck down. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did cause today I feel so much better. So.
5: Well, I'm glad too. Cause we need you and we're going to miss you next Thanks. week. And, and I'm glad you let us know in advance. Yes. we been talking about going there anyways, but I mean, now it's reality. Now it's here.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, and I'm taking, oh. I feel bad taking two days off cause I feel like I'm really like dropping the ball because Bubble gives us a lot of time off, and, you know, I was really hoping that it would coincide with the trip he was taking, but unfortunately it didn't, so I'm just kind of leaving the team, hanging for two days, but I'll be hosting on Wednesday, so I feel like that will be my, my big contribution of the week.
5: That's going to be your send-off, huh?
1: Yeah. Go out That's with a bang. Dope.
5: Yes. Well, hopefully you don't Don Mikowski yourself out of the business. Okay, That'd thank you. Well, I'm
1: done talking, yeah. to you know. All right, Joe, thanks for calling in. Appreciate you.
5: I was just joking. Don't take it too serious.
1: No, Fuck I will you. take it serious. Fuck you, Joe. Sorry, I had to hang up on you just for a dramatic effect. No, Joe, I love you, Joe. Thank you. Um, even though you are a stir sometimes, uh, apparently eight one three ninety Bubba. Um, yeah. So going to Idaho next week. Uh, excited about it. See some peeps I haven't seen in a long time. You know, it's sometime. Uh, sometime. One of the last times I saw some of these girls, you know, they uh they were drunk whores, and you're helping them get semen out of their hair, and now they're married with two children. So things have Things have changed for these people. It should be interesting to see how it it all goes down. Very excited. Very excited. Going on a wine tour. I have to dress in a, uh, I believe that the the theme is snake skin or something snake. And I hate snake stuff. It's it's antithetical to who I am as a person. But um, I did buy and will return to Amazon. A snakeskin one piece. It's pretty lit. I tried it on last night. I'm like, this is hilarious because it's so unlike me. I'll take lots of pictures. I'll get footage. It'll be great. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you. Hope you have a wonderful weekend here in the Tampa Bay area. It looks like it's going to be very nice and sunny. So go outside and get some of that. Do. We'll see you Monday morning, 6 a.m. Be safe. Take care of each other. Love you guys. Goodbye.